Please listen carefully. And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring four left feet performing a tango of trivia, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, we're building something again. Hooray, we haven't done this in a minute. We haven't. For those of you who don't know, we like to build things. We've uh, built heist crews before. We've built bands before. Uh, we've built Dungeons and Dragons parties, starship crews, post-apocalyptic bunker groups. <laughs> whatever, the, you know what I mean. Yeah. People you want in your bunker. That's it. And uh, now, we're actually, for, uh, this the, is this the first time we've done like things that aren't People's non-human build a crew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So we decided that we were going to build a garage. Because what group doesn't have like the stable or arsenal of vehicles and transports for whatever mission? Mm-hmm. So uh, Mikey and I each picked three of our favorite famous vehicles. Yeah. And we're gonna say I think we all this is the road vehicle edition, right? Yeah. I, it's well, not uh, the Starship edition. <laughs> I, my question up front that I was going to bring up is that I considered it, but I'd, I'd assume that Transformers don't count. Well, I know they could. Okay. I didn't pick one, but it was in consideration. But yeah, then I was I mean, like, wait, we're doing like road stuff. We're not yeah. doing planes. We're not doing ships. Well, I know, but there are road Transformers. It would have been Bumblebee, but yeah. maybe mm. I can save that for next time. <laughs> we'll, do a, we'll do a build a, where do they keep robots? Uh, it's not a garage. It's a at the lab at the hangar. Hang, no, that's where they keep airplanes. We wish we should do a build a hangar. You know what the problem is? Is there's not enough robots in in like our daily life that they haven't named the place <laughs> where you keep your robots. True, the compound. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Pacific Rim uses hangers, so that's why I went to. That. Oh yeah, yeah. They use it. Where do they keep droids in Star Wars? They keep them in the droid. Bay. <laughs> bay? Ah. Robot Bay. There you go. Robot Bay. We'll do that some other time. Okay. <laughs> what robots are our bays that we're <laughs> keeping in the Robot Bay? Aww. That's for you young kids <laughs> using that slang. So we've picked uh, road vehicles. I'm going to let Mikey go first because I just talked a lot. So, <laughs> I, and I, this is no in no particular order. We're just going to throw out each of our three vehicles. Yes. And then now, well, before we begin, uh-uh. we're actually like choosing... If this is like a fantasy world road vehicle, okay, I'm just asking you: Are we choosing the actual, like that actual version of the vehicle, and not like a you know, a replica that's made to look like it? No, it's like superheroes exist, powers exist, yes, weapons exist. Yeah, so we're picking the actual thing, yes, because that makes it so much more fun. Absolutely. Yeah, in the real world, yes, it would be nice to have a little replica of each oh, one of you. these. No. but no, if this is a fa- this is our fantasy podcast. <laughs> We're doing fantasy stuff, so we're getting the real ones in our garage. Absolutely. Exactly. I'm on the same page. Yeah, good. (laughs) But in usual accordance, I will go first, and my first pick usually is a silly one, so we're starting Mm. off silly. This mainly comes, so when people talk about the toys they grew up with. Oh, yeah, sure. Some people say He-Man's, most people say Mm -hmm. G.I. Joe, you Mm -hmm. had Star Wars, the collection. I, I had all those three that you just mentioned. See, this is our generational divide in a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. For me, it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. True, that is a generational divide because it's it's interesting that when I worked at Toys R Us, yep. I was stocking the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys yes. in the Toys R Us because mm-hmm. I was a teenager at that time mm-hmm. working at Toys R Us. So I'm very familiar. So let's get into it because I'm very familiar with this stuff just from stocking the toys yeah. and then having parents come in and being like, my son, really? I've been looking all over for the shredder. <laughs> Do you have Grang? Yeah. It's like, what? Um, no, this is in the cartoon too, but this was the coolest toy I had in my collection. And mm. It was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles party wagon. Oh, the party wagon. I mistakenly remembered it as the pizza van, which would have worked. Some people call it the <laughs> turtles van, but it is official name is the party wagon. <laughs> um, it, it is also in the cartoon that I grew up watching. Mm-hmm. It's in the intro, so you see it every episode. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Heroes in a Half Shell, Turtle Power. <laughs> and that's the scene where the van top opens up and they shoot into the sky. Now, I haven't confirmed that there's an actual turtle launcher in the van because I don't think they show the inside of it too much. But it's the mystery machine turned up to 11 on yeah, steroids. Yeah, yeah. It's basically just a 
your old standard minivan just bulked out mm-hmm. for uh, mercenary work and ninja ninja fighting. Mm-hmm. But here's some of the features that it had in oh, the toy yeah. and in the show. So it had a suicide door that would open mm-hmm. where one turtle could sit and blast people, you know, in the streets. Mm-hmm. When that door is open, there was a street level bomb slide you could drop slide bombs out of <laughs> that the toy called Wacko Bombs. Wacko Bombs. <laughs> There were two CB antennas, mm-hmm. but on top of those antennas were machine guns <laughs> that were full. Wait, yeah. how does that work? Okay. It, that's how yeah, they did no, it, yeah. because turtle reason. Yeah. It also had a what they deemed the foot finder radar slash blaster, which oh, means yeah. it was a satellite dish. You could find the foot clan, mm-hmm. but then you could also scramble their signals and I think mm-hmm. fire lasers at them. Oh, okay. Cartoon lasers. Mm-hmm. I don't know the science behind that, but that's how it goes. Now, in the cartoon, the Foot Clan, those were, they were robots for the cartoon, right? Yes. So, yeah, okay. I can see how you would have a detector of robots. Yeah, because they were tying it in with the whole Krang, uh, Megadome, mm-hmm. bad guy. But in the movie, the Foot Clan are just fellow ninjas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because originally, and in the original comics, they were ninjas yep. because they were based off of Daredevil and the Hand. Mm-hmm. That's why they were called the Foot. Mm-hmm. It was the, <laughs> yeah. we're going to call it something different, but it's really just the same thing. Mm-hmm. On the feature on the box, it's hilarious. They have the van has side mirrors as most van mirrors do, Mm -hmm. but they called them back attack side mirrors. Like I guess implying that you would just run over, like drive near people and smash them with your side mirrors. (laughs) But I guess they were reinforced to be okay with it. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) Which is so silly. But then on top of that, the van just looks cool. It has a Mm -hmm. big old spoiler on it. Why do you need a spoiler on the van? It's got all these turtle little features, like the top of it is a shell. I think B.A. Baracus would tell you why you need a spoiler on a van. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I'm sure he would have the answer, but uh-huh. it just looks cool. I get it. It has graffiti on it that says, foot stinks. <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it's got turtle shell hubcaps. I mean, it just, I played with that van so much. It, mm-hmm. it, that's nostalgia bomb for me. And it's in every episode of the cartoon, so got to show it respect. Now, if I recall, the toys were... Pretty big. They were pretty big sized toys. Yeah, about I think four and a half inch scale. Yeah, they weren't like they weren't as small as GI Joes. They mm-hmm. were bigger, bulkier. They're kind of like the size of the WWE mm-hmm. toys. Yep. Could all four of them fit in the van? The van could hold four action figures. Wow, so it was pretty big. Yep. It was a pretty think, big toy. I think it was closer to like two in the front, two in the back. Yeah. Or maybe all four in the back and the seats weren't... I can't remember if the seats actually like accommodated bending their mm-hmm. legs and sitting them in there, but... <laughs> on the box and in practice, four turtles. That's a that's a pretty big toy. Yeah, that's it was a, expensive. I had to save up a whole bunch of allowance for that one. Oh, no, you saved up for it. It's like it was like the premium accessory always, because like buy the figure, sure. Yeah, but yeah. Then there was always the vehicle or the mm-hmm. base, and that mm-hmm. was always like your collection's not complete unless you have this right. fancy premium. I remember my big <laughs> my big premium toys were I got the Death Star playset. Yep. Which actually really wasn't that big, but still, it was cool. It had the trash compactor with the little thing you turned and <laughs> the, like chopped up pieces of so of, of a sponge basically in there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then for the debris. But the thing, my most prized big giant thing was is I got the GI Joe Tomcat. The, oh yeah. The airplane like is the one that they used in the original Top Gun movies. Mm-hmm. Man, that thing was so cool. I love that thing so much. I didn't get the. Um, aircraft carrier that was the size of a coffee table that it could land on my cousin had that though that's oh awesome gosh that's a fancy cousin yeah he was a fancy cousin he had all the gi joes but gi joe definitely leveled up that like buy the base buy the bad guy base mm-hmm. buy the vehicles buy the thing the vehicles can go mm-hmm. on that's crazy <laughs> but yeah ninja turtles party wagon i want to hang out in it Yes. One fun bit of trivia about it. That oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they didn't say this in the cartoon, but according to lore, canon, uh, the van comes from April O'Neil's dad, Kirby O'Neil. Oh. And the reason he gave it to the turtles is because he had it in his hippie lifestyle and it's no longer of use to him anymore, so he gives it to the turtles. <laughs> so I guess it's a Volkswagen van? It's a hippie van. Yeah. Just repurposed to look like turtles. <laughs> Smells kind of skunky in here, dude. <laughs> a lot of pizza. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, I love a good toy memory. That's it. But if I can get a real life-size version of it with all the all the fixings, yeah, sign me up. Now, we did mention B.A. Baracus in the van with the spoiler. This was this was the a vehicle that got cut. Didn't make the three, but just like you said, Bumblebee might have been one that, yep. you know, you put in. I was really debating whether or not to put the A-Team van in there, uh-huh. but I, I really love the A-Team in the van, but 
basically it was just a really awesome looking van. It didn't do much. So I pick things that can do things, <laughs> which is why I was asking up front. Yeah. Are we allowed to have the special features? Yeah. Now, my first vehicle, and this is in no particular order, but I didn't have a toy of this, but I love, this was a movie I had a poster of, I got the VHS of, and I wore it out. I've <laughs> seen this movie a lot. And for some dumb reason, when I initially forgot about this, and then I was like, oh, of course I would want the Ecto-1 <laughs> from Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the... Ecto-1 from the OG Ghostbusters, not any of the reboots, and actually the sequel that's in it too. It's it's like a it's like the Millennium Falcon. It's going to be in all of them that are done <laughs> from now on, I guess, in the Dan Aykroyd canon, I guess we'll call that one. I got you. <laughs> Am I misremembering that in the sequel it like has a license plate Ecto-2, though? Like, Doesn't that transition happen? Maybe that's just stuck in my brain. But um, I'm not sure, but I think it's supposed to be that one. Okay. But the Ecto-1 is a Cadillac Miller Meteor, which oh, was okay. made in 1959. And I have all kinds of trivia about it. There was only 400 Miller Meteors ever made. Like in real life. In real life. Not just for the movie. Not just for the movie. And they only used two in the movie. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And one of the, I mean, it's so cool looking. It's got the, it's like, it was made to be like an ambulance or like a, it's a, it's a utility vehicle. Yeah. But it still had those crazy 50s tail fins on it. And the stylings and the trim. Right. And the stylings and, and those tail fins are the largest tail fins <laughs> that were ever on any vehicle. Oh, okay. Other than there was a sister vehicle, the uh, 1959 Cadillac Eldorado. Oh, okay. Has tail fins that are the exact same. They're the exact same tail fins. But I know the Eldorado, and those are giant. Right. Yeah. And this was the same size. I think they don't look as big because it has a back. It has that kind of, you it's know. It's a station wagon. It's a station it. wagon. So it is basically a station wagon version of the Eldorado. Yeah, okay. Is, is basically what it is. And the original script, it was going to be a 1975 Cadillac, actually. Okay. But I guess they came across one of these and thought that would be cooler. <laughs> and it was originally, uh, in the script, it was originally going to be black. And that, if you recall, do you remember in the movie? Yes. When they first get it, they're rolling a black one into the... Yeah, yeah. That was the like original one that they were going to use, the black one. But then they just used it for as the pre-made one. I got you. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a good call. The white's so iconic, especially with the logo on the side of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was designed by uh, Steve Dane, who's who made like pretty much all the gadgets, including like the proton pack, nice. and the, he's like a prop master. The uh, PKE meter, the ghost trap, everything. Everything that they use <laughs> is in it. So basically, this is a, a Steve Dane mobile because, you know, you, you open it up, and in the back are the proton packs, yep. which is one of the great reasons to have this vehicle because there's proton packs in it, and there's the traps in it. Yep. And then the coolest thing is if you watched Afterlife, I was gonna say there's okay. all kinds of new features added into it that we didn't know were there because really in the original movies they just drove around in it. Yeah, it's for the chase scenes and yeah. getting to the next. And all we knew that was in there was the rack in the back to hold the proton packs. Yep. And like a little cubby area for the traps. And lights and sirens. <laughs> yeah, and lights. <laughs> the crazy, like, Britishy sounding sirens. But it has all that junk on the top and everything. I don't know what any of that stuff is. I don't think anyone knows what any of that stuff is. It's to, it's to detect ghosts. Yeah. But it's real interesting because Ghostbusters is interesting because a lot of people love Ghostbusters, but it has that kind of like loose Joss Whedon y like lore. I got you. Where it's like people want to dig into it and like Dan Aykroyd and all the people involved in it are just like, eh, reasons, okay? Just, you're, think, you're thinking about yeah. it. <laughs> Almost like uh, Harrison Ford said to Mark Hamill, not that kind of movie kid, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which a lot of Star Wars fans should take to heart. But anyway, it's interesting that in Afterlife, so there's a, there's a ladder on the side of it. Mm -hmm. And in Afterlife, the ladder was moved to the other side. And everyone's like, well, the ladder's on the wrong side. Ah. But the reason why the ladder was moved to the other side is because it has that cool, almost Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles-like gunner seat that can come out the side. So cool. You know, that was so cool. And it even has like, it has like a little, and we know it has like a little trap door thing in there that mm -hmm. they ran the RC car out of, which I don't think that's what's originally intended for. It was a deus ex machina type thing, but... It's the slide to drop but, bombs or mines or yeah, ghost oil. traps yeah. or oil or oh, something. Ghost traps, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, something. <laughs> but it was great seeing it again in Afterlife. For sure. But it's crazy that there's only two of them used. That's probably why you didn't see 
anything other than driving shots of it because they're like, we only got the two and one of them's black. So drive it real careful. And, you know, do we know if the one in Afterlife is one of those two? Or it did... is one of those two. Wow. Because okay. there's only 400 of them ever made in but, real life. That's valid. But no, it's one of those two. I would think, like, my assumption would be that in this day and age, like, you can make a body that it's gets true. you close It's enough. true. It's true. Right. But that's awesome. No, it, it is. It's the same area you're returned in its rugged state in Afterlife. I don't know if one of the guys had it. I don't know if Ackroyd had it or who had it, but... Someone important taking care of it must have had it. I know Universal does have a garage for all their like mm. famous movie vehicles mm-hmm. for this, not this purpose specifically, but in this case, an instance. Mm-hmm. Oh, but Afterlife was so good. And some of my favorite scenes were with that seat because like it pivots and swivels mm-hmm. and then it gets stuck because it's old and janky, but yeah. they have to fix it. It's really funny because the vehicle is very large and it's super unwieldy. Yep. So it really can't drive like it does in Afterlife. And they had to do a lot of like effects and kind <laughs> of like even in the uh, original movies, they had to speed up the film to make it look like it was going faster. Yeah. And if you pay attention to like the suspension on turns, you're like, wow, what a kind yeah. of janky car. And I, I think in Ghostbusters 2, there's a kind of well-known scene where like it's like backfiring and like making smoke come out the back of it. Yep. And that was like not intentional. I just left it in there like, oh, well, because I mean, that thing, it was literally like, we're making a second one. And they're like, where's that car? And it was like, hadn't been run since they made the first movie. It's been sitting around, but yeah, it was just all oh, it's hilarious. It's really funny to me. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's got sirens on it. It drives around. That's a it, classic. Has, it has ghost fighting equipment inside. What's better than the Ecto-1? And you'd, you'd get looks everywhere you drove around. People yeah. would be like, Ecto-1! And apparently it's caused accidents before. I believe it. Yeah, I, get, I think when they were making Ghostbusters 2, because the original Ghostbusters was so popular, a lot of people were like going like, yeah, there's the Ecto-1! And like <laughs> getting into fender benders in New York City. <laughs> but yeah. You can start was, causing those fender benders. Ghostbusters for me was such a big thing. It was so huge. That movie was huge. I, people don't realize how how big that was. It spawned cartoons and toys. Yeah, and cartoons and toys and a, a music video. Ray Parker Jr. milked that thing as hard as he could. Soundtracks, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Wow, and it still holds up. It does. All time, both of them. It's great. Even Afterlife. Yeah, I liked Afterlife a lot. An excellent first pick. Mm. If you do get the Ecto-1, I request rides around in it, at least, oh, yeah. you know. I love that European siren. It's hilarious to me. I I would do one mod, and I would have it do the Ghostbusters theme instead yeah. of the siren. Just I would just put that in the horn. Oh, there you go. Well, my second pick lines up a little bit with your first pick. Oh, and nice. It's, it's a classic, iconic pop culture car, but there's a little bit of a twist to it. Uh, so my second pick would be the Batmobile. Oh, what? wait, which Batmobile? There you go. Therein lies the rub. Mm. We could have a whole conversation about it, and we'll do it right here now. But <laughs> we will do it right here. Could almost have a whole podcast it's about it. It's true. We could have a whole podcast about the Batmobile. But because of what I grew up watching, mm. uh, it is Tim Burton's Batmobile from ah, yes. 1989 it's, Batman. It's a really good, that's a really good one. Yes. I mean... I remember the Nolan movies coming out, and they read it everything. Mm-hmm. They gave him the Tumblr and all I that, yeah. and it's all updated. It's super cool. Mm-hmm. Not really Batman. No, I've have seen old Adam West Batman. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's almost as iconic as I would say, or maybe more iconic than Burton's Batmobile. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that always looked like a spaceship, like Speed Racer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks cool, but yeah. the one I think of Batmobile, I think of the long, elongated, just mm-hmm. almost gothic, very Burton esque looking, stretched mm-hmm. out. Batmobile. I really think Tim Burton's one is a great modernization of there. It has a lot of the, the not bones. I don't know how to explain it, but it has a lot of the feel of that Adam West one Absolutely. in it, mm-hmm. even though it's totally different and totally like more modern looking. There's just something about it that feels harkens back. Absolutely. Tim Burton's good about doing that kind of stuff. And it made an impression because it was the basis for what we see in the animated series. Right. Uh, when you go back to look at comic books of that era, everybody was just drawing what they saw from mm. the movie. So it did stick around for a little bit. Uh, but some facts about it. It was built upon a Chevrolet Impala. Oh, nice. With a Chevy V8 engine in it. You I know? love that it's real. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I have so, I have a little tidbit about that. But no, like this, they actually, it was drivable. Yeah. Actually, all the gadgets that you see on it, except for the cocoon mode that they use in the movie where the shield comes over, that's mm. that's special effects. 
but like all the all the things that move on it, like the guns and everything, those are all working in practical wow, and on that vehicle. That's really cool. Yeah, so all the buttons and everything. But the body itself was based on an old 1970s Corvette body that was uh, conceptualized by Julian Caldo and carved, or sculpted, sorry, by Keith Short. Mm. I didn't recognize those names, but if you go look at either of those two dudes, their career list is insane. Kind of like our buddy Evil Ted. Like, mm-hmm. you'd be like, you worked on all this stuff. These are these type of people. The guy that did a conceptual artist for it has done concept art for Judge Dredd, Harry Potter, X-Men, Game of Thrones, Rogue One, bunch of sci-fi. The guy that sculpted it worked on Fifth Element, Indiana Jones, mm. Star Wars prequels, Prometheus, Harry Potter as well. It's just like super Evil nerd. Ted probably knows that guy. I would. That's That was my thought. Yeah. <laughs> and it does seem like the way these two dudes their careers overlap, it seems like, oh, these are buddies in the their industry group. Mm-hmm. So excellent work on making such something so iconic, but all the gadgets are real, but some of those gadgets, holy cow, the arsenal. We got side-mounted grappling hooks. We've yes. got shin breakers that are side-mounted to the chassis. <laughs> we have a foot underneath the car. You'll remember this scene that can go down and turn the car 180 degrees yeah, whenever yeah. it gets stuck. Um, like I said, it has that cocoon mode where armor plating comes out and you hear a little boop, boop, and it goes, it's got oil slick dispensers and smoke emitters. Mm, gotta, gotta have those. Two forward mounting Browning 30 caliber machine guns, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, exhaust afterburner, the jet engine. Yeah, the jet. That worked. It was practical. What? But it could only burn for about 15 seconds because of the amount of fuel it needed to like, oh. activate. But that was on the car and worked. That's awesome. It had an emergency mode. Do you remember this scene where it turns into the bat missile? So he's trying to get away from the gang mm-hmm. and he has to drive down a really narrow alley. Yeah, right, right, right. And so the wheels will tuck back behind each other. Yeah, 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 and yeah. The sides popped off yeah, yeah. and he just turned into like a little <laughs> submarine car. Oh, so good. I think it has a submarine mode in the uh, in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. If you're going to call the cartoon version that version, it looks just like it. That's it. I forget which version. There's been so many Batman cartoons, but there is a Batman cartoon. I would say the animated series. Yeah. Was it one of the animated series? Yeah, that has, it looks exactly like it. And then uh, was capable of doing holographic displays of two decoy Batmobiles. <laughs> like what? Those were special effects as well. That wasn't practical. They didn't have holograms at that time. Mm-hmm. But yours can do it, though, oh, if my, you have it in your garage. I'm going to be like a sci-fi nerd and just be like, look, boop, there's <laughs> one. But it was 21 feet long. It was 8 feet wide. <laughs> it was 5 feet tall. They claim it has a mass acceleration of 330 miles per hour. <laughs> yeah. Zero to 60 in three seconds. But I couldn't find this, and I, I'm starting to wonder if it's just urban lore that I had in my head. But I remember reading somewhere that behind the scenes, like because it had so much crap on it and because it was like a concept car body, it really could only go like 35, 40 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And they had to like run it down ramps to start a scene. Maybe they had to do with the the jet engine fuel only being fifteen seconds. But I couldn't find a source for it, so I might be speaking uh, bully. But um, I remember reading that like it, the Batman be so cool, but it could only go like forty. Uh-huh. So you, I mean, you're probably right. Why would you have that in your brain? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, 1989 Batmobile. I want to drive. I know that's not street legal with all those gadgets, but Timber Bat- Batmobile. Oh yes, <laughs> it looked like an airplane cockpit. It was the two seater. I know. You know, had the little like the even the cockpit would just slide out like the old airplanes. Ugh, make me feel like a fighter pilot. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. What 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 do we got for for Batmobiles? We got the Adam West one, mm-hmm. and then that one, pretty much. Yep. Then all the all the Nolan ones, Tumblr. and then we uh, we did make a comment in our ba- uh, the Batman review with Robert Pattinson. Yeah, that one's really cool. It is really cool. But I I, I want to see more of it. Yeah, I, have, I, I hold judgment. But right. what we've seen so far, that scene was awesome. But right. the, the eighty nine one beats it up a little bit for me. Yeah, I understand that for sure. Plus that that's kind of like you were right at the right age when that came out yep. for it to right hit you in the right spot. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. That's a, I don't know if it's like nostalgia glasses or nostalgia goggles, whatever you want to call it. But I've heard a lot of people lately, like the more and more new Batman stuff comes out, the more and more people are like, Tim Burton Batmans, those are really good. They are sort of getting a, a reappreciation. Yeah. Interesting. I th- I think it's because you know the the first one that he did that's that's the you can just kind of stop there yes really because mm-hmm. it starts to get I think it got tainted by the silliness that came they're like oh Batman's really we keep you need to keep doing this you know and yeah. then 
you get the other ones that come after that and they're they just don't hold they're just not up to snuff it was the perfect balance of style like hardcore style and practicality yeah because like right one of the ones we didn't mention was the schumacher ones joel schumacher Mm -hmm. i can't even like i call out a specific detail about that batmobile that i remember I can't even. It's, and I was, bet you it's black. <laughs> it's probably got wings on it. Yeah. But that was all style and no real substance. So I think Tim Burton did the nice good combo. Yeah. On. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, my next vehicle that I want in my garage is something that I have the Lego model of. <laughs> and it's something that is actually in the United States Historical Vehicle Register. Ooh. Did you know that existed? I didn't. There, the Library of Congress has doesn't only keep books and like movies and things like that. They also have iconic vehicles, that like they, the actual vehicles, or just like the registration and paperwork for them. So no, I mean I don't know if they have the actual vehicles to see, but they just kind of like they were like these are need to be put in the historic record as something that we can never forget. That's awesome. And what's interesting is it's not the vehicle that. It's based on, it's this vehicle. Awesome. Even cooler. And that is the 1981 DeLorean DMC-12 <laughs> time machine. Not the 1981 DeLorean DMC-12. That's not in the National Register. Nope. The one that says time machine at the end. That's on the historic vehicle register, along with stuff like the Hudson Hornet, like real things That's awesome. that are real. <laughs> this, is, this is a pretend vehicle. So this it's great. But, of course, we're talking about the time machine from Back to the Future. Yeah. One of the, the, the a failure of a car <laughs> that was turned into this icon that everyone wants. And there are, and there are replicas made of it. Mm-hmm. And so many people are like, I have an original one. And they don't because there weren't that many of these. But it's really funny. But for those of you who have never seen Back to the Future, stop this podcast and go see it. But, of course... It's the iconic gull wing stainless steel. Looks like a spaceship. As a matter of fact, remember in Back to the Future, it's like they like literally have that comic book where it has like aliens from outer space, yep. and then they pretty much just drew a DeLorean. <laughs> yep, because it is a spaceship. Yeah. Interesting thing. Let's just talk about the DeLorean. It was a totally failed car. DMC twelve was the first and only car made by the DeLorean Motor Company. That was it. They made one car. That this was it. it, and they only made nine thousand of them. That's the end. The problem was is that it was literally a concept car that they put into production. Yep. And making car out of stainless steel was not the best idea because the stainless steel that they used to keep it light enough was the same stainless steel they use in, like, kegs. Gotcha. And I don't know if you've ever seen a dented beer keg, (laughs) but that's the thing. It dents super easy. And that dents real hard to get out. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And they're just... Easy to, and it's kind of funny because actually, in at one point when Biff is like racing towards the in two, is it in two? Maybe I don't know. Three, I the the other two run together on me. I forget which one's which because we're going back and forth in time, and I don't know what's happening. But uh, they, yep. uh, at one point, Biff's barreling towards him, and Doc is like, "If he hits us, we're, we're gonna it's gonna go through us like tinfoil," <laughs> which is like actually kind of acknowledging what the problems of the and they they did have all kinds of problems with it in shooting. Because uh, it just was not well built. I got you. One of the funny things I found is that the scene where the probably the where it's introduced to us, the most iconic scene at the Twin Pines Mall. <laughs> yep. When he's showing it to Marty and, you know, they're they're testing it in remote mode and everything is that it was pretty cool that night. And the gullwing, the hinges are oh. like a gas release thing. Like a hydraulic. Yeah, yeah. It's hydraulic. And if they get cold, the gas compresses. Oh, no. So they, they would just, they kept slamming down <laughs> on top of them when they were trying to film. So they literally had to like get hair dryers and just like, just blow it on the hinges. But that kind of leads to the iconic stance where he's always like, when the door's open, like he's holding. <laughs> that's why he's <laughs> holding up, I think. I really think that's why he's holding his arm up. That's hilarious. Uh, we, <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, <laughs> but there's a lot of cool things. I mean, the coolest thing is it's got a flux capacitor in it. Yeah. The thing that makes it, that makes time travel possible, of so course. D- so does this mean if you get this car, are you traveling through time? Yes, of oh, course. Wonderful. Okay, just clarifying. What else would you use it for? Not, oh, look at cool, pick it up, women. Yeah, you know, I'll pick up women through time. There you go. 
Bill and Ted style. And of course, I would want the uh, I wouldn't want the original one. I'd want the the one. Well, it is the original. It's not the original original one. It's the one like at the end of the first movie, the one that has the uh, Mister Fusion in it or whatever. <laughs> you can put whatever fuel in it you want. Banana peels, beer yeah. cans. Because <laughs> that wasn't it. Like, like the reason they called it a Mister Fusion because it's not like a modified Mister Coffee. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's supposed to be like because originally you needed you know it's it's like plutonium or it's nuclear powered. Yep. And he had a he had to that's why. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Uh, that's why the terrorists were after him is because oh, he couldn't right. pay them for the n- nuclear material that they stole f- for him or whatever. However, they attained it. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, you know he made it easier by he went to the future where they a part of the future where fusion stuff is like Mister Coffee makes Mister Fusion. <laughs> you know that's it. It's just a little thing. It's a little tabletop fusion reactor. Uh, Feed it whatever you want. So, so you can get the full 1.21 gigawatts. So other than the fact that it can travel through time, there are some cool little tidbits in uh, about the vehicle that I, I didn't know. One of the things is that if you recall, and this thing is it's super simple other than the, like, because it's one of those things like we were saying with Ghostbusters, it just works because it does. Yep. Don't There's a flux capacitor back there behind your head, mm-hmm. and that's what allow time travel mm-hmm. and the it's nuclear powered that's all you need to know in order to go you need to get 88 miles an hour and then you can go back and forth in time but it has the little thing where you set the time oh that and has yeah. like destination where where you are and where you've been and the thing is if you recall each of those led readouts is a different color Red, blue, and green? Yeah, I, it is maybe a yellow. red, blue, and yellow. Yellow, that, okay. And it's red, blue, and yellow because in the old Time Machine movie, the H.G. Wells Time Machine, there's a red, yellow, and blue like light on the, cool. on the console. That's cool. So they literally just use the colors. That's awesome. Yeah. That also kind of yeah. relates to like speed of travel because like wavelengths of light Mm-hmm. Like red starts to change into blue, starts to change into yellow, d- depending on your relativity to mm-hmm. speed. That's, uh, it all ties together. That's super cool. Some other fun facts and almost wasn't a DeLorean. There were six DeLoreans used in the trilogy. Okay. One of them was totally destroyed because they literally cut it apart so they could get interior shots while it was moving around and stuff. I guess if you got six of them, you can sacrifice one of them to mm-hmm. the shot gods. And one of them was. Destroyed by the train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they really did that. That was practical. They hit one with the train. Good job, Zemeckis. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> it almost wasn't a DeLorean. It was almost not even a car. Okay. Um, at one point, Ford approached Bob Gale and offered them $75,000 to use a Mustang, a Mustang as the time machine. There you go. <laughs> and he said, Doc Brown doesn't drive an effing Mustang. Hilarious. Which is funny to me. Uh, for those of you who don't know, in the eighties, the eighties Mustangs were kind of considered like ladies' cars. Yeah, it wasn't like the Mustang is now, or even the Mustang of old. Nope. During the eighties, the Mustang was like the cars like rich guys got their sixteen-year-old daughters. Yeah, went through that boxy eighties redesign yeah. and sort of dipped down. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that's probably where that comes from. But like I said. Uh, originally they were going to do, I think this is where they got it in Rick and Morty, just a time portal thing. Oh, okay. And then at one point it was a refrigerator. <laughs> Bill and Ted and uh, Dr. Who already did with a phone booth much better. Yeah. It, it, it was like it was supposed to be like, you know, much inspired by Dr. Who, but a refrigerator. That's awesome. It's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. <laughs> I think Dr. Who laid claim to that whole thing. Though. But I'm really glad they went with the, uh, DCM-12 time machine. That's interesting. Ford did a similar thing for the Batmobile. They actually approached the production and said, hey, well, if you use a Ford blah, 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 I think it was a... They approached it and they said the same thing. If you use a Mustang, you know, we'll be part of your production. And <laughs> What is it with Ford trying to get Mustangs everywhere? Uh, but uh, instead of saying uh, Batman wouldn't drive a Mustang, they did say, uh, we love our concept artist and Ford didn't want to use the concepts that they were developing. Mm. And they said, nope, we're going with our artists. Thanks, mm. but no thanks. Which is cool. Yeah, it is cool. So, so what a weird sort of tangent to tie up. Yeah, but I mean, can't go wrong with the time machine. <laughs> I'm jealous. So you get the DeLorean. What's your first stop in in the uh, mm. in the time machine? 
Okay, so the neat thing about Back to the Future is it doesn't follow the rule that the time machine needs to exist for you to go to it. You can go back and forward. So you can go wherever the heck you want. Yep. Hmm. Wow. You know, I never really thought of that because my brain always was like, the time machine has to exist for you to go back to where it was before. That's smart people thinking, um, not movie thinking. But yeah, that's not that's smart people thinking. Not movie. <laughs> that's really <laughs> funny. Did you just insult the movie industry? Nope. <laughs> I'm just saying the sources uh, can be a little bit looser. Uh, um, there's some. I'm I'm such a history nerd. There's so many eras I'd like to go see. I'd mm-hmm. like to see. I'd like to really see what was actually going on in Rome. Oh know? yeah. You could actually see if, like, there's aliens building the pyramids. <laughs> I don't know how you get the car over there, though. That's the problem is that you're stuck in North America, though, because you can only go to the place where you are. But you'd have to have the flying version because they have the fly version. So yeah, I guess the you wheel's could fly. stuck in. Yeah, the wheel's stuck in and you can fly. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. I keep forgetting that's you know, I, I didn't that's even, in the original movie. I didn't even consider it was a thing that, I mean, it makes sense now that you're saying it, but you end up in the t- different time but in the same spot. Yeah. Until it could fly, that was the case. Well, I mean, you'll still end up in the same spot. You'll have to fly to wherever you're going. Which you can do. But with a Mr. Fusion and a flying car, <laughs> you can go anywhere. Yeah, no, yeah. I'd check out ancient Rome, see what was going on. There you go. The problem would be the language barrier. Ah. There's no, he, Doc Brown didn't make a, like a babble fish or anything. Oh, so then you'd make a quick jump to the future, get a universal translator that clips oh, to your throat. Oh, that's so smart. And go back, back to the, right. the, the his, history times. Well, you're right. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That's really smart. You go to a future where they have the universal translator and then some kind of like hologram clothing thing. There you go. That you can program with all these clothes in it. So you can just like, you know, hit a button and, you know. Next Instant dry. You're, yeah. And, and unla- or automatic lacing shoes. Yeah. <laughs> hit a button and you're dressed in a toga and you can understand ancient Roman. Latin. Well, that would be Latin, I guess. Problem solved. Yeah. Old Latin. Just don't run run over any trees because then you turn Twin Pines Mall into Lone Pines Mall. I know, right? Butterfly effect. I'd so mess up the future. (laughs) I wouldn't go kill baby Hitler. I know you're not supposed to do that. Not supposed to do it. Mm -mm. That's so fascinating. But yes. (laughs) No, excellent pick. Absolutely. The DeLorean. It's a shame that car was such a real life dud, but I think you can buy a kit that's like one of those. Fiberglass. Yeah. Yeah, it's fiberglass. (laughs) Which I guess would be better than a keg. I don't know. Yes, it is better than a keg. Yeah, buddy. Flux capacitor DeLorean. That's so funny that it's archived, too, is a real thing. I want to go look at the paperwork and see if it says, like, owner-creator, Brown. <laughs> Second owner, Marty McFly. <laughs> uh, but for my final pick, I was kind of trying to think, because, like, I was thinking that we were bringing these into the real world as, mm-hmm. like, fully functional. Yeah, and I me was too. Like, I'll keep those in the garage, and I'll have those for special occasions, the party wagon and the Batmobile, mm. but I can't take the Batmobile to work. You know, that'll yeah, yeah. be way too expensive. Right. But I still get to dream a little bit. And I'm not really like a muscle car guy, but there are, there are a few examples. Mm-hmm. Um, the first car I ever loved and a car I would spend money on it, given if I had that much disposable income, would be a Dodge Charger from 1970 because of Smashing Pumpkins 1979 video mm-hmm. that they're driving around in that green car. Mm-hmm. Love that car. Steve McQueen's old Ford Mustang, the Bullet. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful. That's car. in the National Register as well. I believe it. Mm-hmm. That's and apparently like was lost to history, and then somebody found it and gave it back to Steve McQueen before oh, he died. Wow. So I was thinking along those lines, and I realized, oh, it's right in front of me, and it's Aston Martin DB5 James Bond's car. Oh yes. So I get the sports car. I'm rich enough to have it be a daily driver, but I get some real cool gadgets thanks to Q mm-hmm. on that thing. Mm-hmm. They're all hidden inside it too. That's it. All buttons and gadgets and all tucked away spy style, so you can't even tell. But I didn't realize, so the Aston Martin DB5 appeared in Goldfinger and Thunderball around the time when that car was new. So it was like a new fancy, like James Bond is top of the line. Mm -hmm. But it still continues to appear. It's appeared in all of Daniel Craig's Bond movies, including the last one, No Time to Die. And now it's like the classic iconic, but it's still around. Mm -hmm. Shows how it holds up. So I'll take that as a mark of reliability on Mm -hmm. it. But it's got a four liter engine, top speed of about uh, 145 miles per hour, only 282 horsepower. So not the strongest car, but man, does it look sleek. It does. It's cooler than a Jaguar, better than a Bentley. It's got all the nice lines to it. But like I said. It's like James Bond himself. (laughs) Suave yet sophisticated. Mm -hmm. But like I said, the feature is the gadgets, the artillery, the buttons. We got machine guns, which here's the funny tidbit. 
Same exact machine guns that are on the Batmobile. <laughs> so I'm never without my Browning 30 caliber rotating machine guns oh, yeah. that come out the headlights. It's got tire shredding blades. It's got bullet screen that comes down, uh, comes up in case I'm being shot by somebody. It's got tracking equipment, including radar and GPS. It's got an ejector seat. Yeah. <laughs> in case you got to have an ejector seat. Having a bad date, be like, sorry, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> It's got an oil spray or smoke screen, yep. pretty standard in your in your spy vehicles. Bulletproof glass, always key, make me feel like the Pope. <laughs> um, Pope-mobile. <laughs> Why didn't we pick the Pope-mobile? <laughs> it doesn't drive that fast. Uh, it's got re- revolving number plates in case I really do want to go commit crimes. I can mm-hmm, just switch mm-hmm. it out and be yep. like, oh, this isn't the car you're looking for. Mm-hmm. It's got water cannons. Um, it's got a, it has an Alpine 7817 CD player in it. Oh yeah, with working radios. All so right, there you, you go. would think with these like sort of uh, military cars or action vehicles, it, not really thinking about. I don't know if the Back to the Future DeLorean has a sound system in it. I'd imagine Marty mm. put one in there. I don't. It looks like I think he pulled it out to put that <sighs> those time circuits in there or whatever. That's usually what happens. But yeah. not with this, I get a CD player, so I can bump all my old CD books that I have. Mm-hmm. A uh, miniguns, reinforced chassis, and a mine dispenser. <laughs> I can throw mines out the back of my car, Mario Kart style, for all those people that are tailgating me. Here comes Mikey. But I guess that means I have to wear suits every day now. But no, that car is red. I know you're not the biggest James Bond fan. Did you see the newest no. one, No Time to Die? I didn't, no. I would recommend it because... Like, the car is kind of like how you were talking about the Ecto-1. Like, it's it's more of a set piece. Like, mm-hmm. it does get used because it has gadgets in it, but usually it's a one-note thing. Like, mm-hmm. he's got to get away, use the gadget, and then that's mm-hmm. it. This, the last movie they did, they gave it a whole, like, sequence, and he goes, he uses all of it. Like, he almost gets trapped, but he uses all the gadgets in there, and it's just excellent cinematography, really cool to see this car in full-on action, and uh, I want one so bad. Fun. That sounds fun. You know they make a Lego kit of that. Oh, do they? But like it's a, you know, it's one of the like technical, it's one of the high end ones, one of the adult Lego kits, I, I guess it was all it. I, I had one of the Back to the Future ones. Those sets are fun, the Lego mm-hmm. Ideas ones. Yeah. So if it's, a lot, if it's along those lines, I might look into it. Mm-hmm. I have one at my house if you want to come see it. <laughs> That's one of my kids got it for Christmas. Oh, okay. I'll come check it out. <laughs> I'll be like, where did that go? Uh, uh, it fell. Smoke screen. <laughs> <laughs> Oil slicks. <laughs> oh, well, that's an awesome. That's an awesome pick for sure. For my last pick, it is like almost the same car, but different. Uh-oh. But 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 it's like that car, but also a friend. <laughs> and it could be a daily driver too. There you go. Just inconspicuous. Yes, you know? I would. I would love. This was a car that I would love to even just in real life have a replica of because you can get them. It's the Night Industries 2000 <laughs> kit from the Night Rider show. Yes. A 1982 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. <laughs> from the outside, the only thing that's different from the Trans Am is that it's got this little red LED strip yep. that goes back and forth. Like a one Cylon. The, like a Cylon, one of the coolest things ever. <laughs> that's actually all of this stuff. So I started looking in the kit from Night Rider, and I had no idea... That everything is named. Oh, everything. That's hilarious. And someone on the internet wrote it all down. Of course. And says everything it does. <laughs> so that red thing on the front that scans back and forth is an anamorphic equalizer. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> it's a fiber optic array of electronic eyes that can see in all visual wavelengths as well as X-ray and infrared. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes all people makes all things seeable. Now I had kind of like I, I love Knight Rider when I was a kid. I used to watch it all the time and they put it recently on Netflix and I crossed my fingers and held my nose and I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to see how this holds up mm-hmm. and I'm loving every minute of it. Nice. It's it's not don't sit down and watch it and be like, I'm ready for some Breaking Bad levels. It's not. <laughs> it's very 80s. But I would argue that it's top quality 80s. I got you. It's like the best of the 80s, really. (laughs) What's funny is you watching the show, you get to see a lot of I know that guy character actors. Yep. Surprisingly, David Hasselhoff is a very good actor and very charming. The main cast is really good and charming. Um, But you do get that 80s TV level acting and some of the guests and stuff. It's kind of like, you know, 
It's a little bit <laughs> touch and go sometimes. I hear you. Sometimes the villains are like <laughs> so cheesy, but it's great. If you put if I put myself in the mindset of I'm a kid again, yep. it's great. But the best character in the show is Kit, the car. Uh, obviously. Uh he's not just a car. He's a basically an AI. He's a partner. Um he has the Knight 2000 microprocessor in her. It's his brain. It's a cybernetic logic module that allows Kit to think, learn, communicate, and interact with humans. It's an adaptive AI. Uh, and it has the voice of Mr. Feeney. I love it. William Daniels, who was never credited in it. He never nope. wanted to be credited, Mm-mm. which is interesting. Like I said, it was based on the 1982 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. Of all the cars I mentioned so far, this is the one they made a lot of. There was 23 made for the show. Wow. And... The, what's funny is, is that only five survived the series. Weird. Okay. But the amount of people who say they have one of the original ones. Way more than five. It's more than five, <laughs> which is hilarious. But anyway, I would have the real one because we're in fantasy land over yeah, here. Absolutely. You'd have um, the OG. Yeah, I'd have the OG uh, with William Daniels talking to me. It's so cool on the inside. It's got this. It's it's got like all these buttons on the the top, like an airplane has. Mm-hmm. It's got this curve around a console that has TVs in it, and all these buttons. It has like this crazy like yoke steering wheel, <laughs> like on an airplane, with the cool Night Industries logo in there. I think when when Michael Knight first sits in it in the first episode, he goes, "This looks like Darth Vader's bathroom." <laughs> And it does look like Darth Vader's bathroom, which that's, is part of what makes it cool. That's a good, a good aesthetic. So it has a pretty much – look at this list, Mikey. It's right in front of me. Look at all the lists of all the stuff it has. It has like so much stuff. <laughs> it, it's really funny because it is, it is such a – the show is such a like Calvin ball. Oh, like absolutely. Kit has whatever he needs for the episode. And what's funny is I noticed in rewatching some of the episodes is they'll have – like Bonnie, who's the the mechanic, sh- who she like works on Kit and does all the stuff. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the uh, of a, an episode, often she'll install a new thing in Kit that inevitably is the exact thing he needed to get him out to get them out of whatever jam happens in that episode. Uh, Q and James Bond have that similar sort of setup, but right. if you're if you're having to write because. Knight Rider is the classic 22 episodes a season. Four seasons, like 88 episodes so, plus. And it's weekly, so it's yeah. like, how is he going to get out of this pickle? It's yeah. like, good thing we installed that thing. Yeah. It's so, the best. So, some, of the, some of the things I want to highlight that Kid has yes. are the things that are used the most. And then I'll do like you do and just go through the little <laughs> like list of extra things. What's so funny is there's so many of the things were like used just for that one episode and then they never used it again (laughs) much to the chagrin of people who were fans like me and like why don't you use the this this time they used it last time (laughs) but there's some things that were constant that that were all throughout the series that he always used now of course kit was uh an ai Mm -hmm. so it's real interesting the guy the wilton knight the guy who made he basically made kit got michael knight in there who was a guy who had his face blown off and he changed his face and yep. put him in, in it. It's a whole thing. Go watch the <laughs> pilot episode. Uh, but anyway, he's like a proto before Elon Musk, Elon Musk. There you go. Because he made this like car that could drive itself and had AI in it and it had all these gadgets and stuff and he was a billionaire. Tony Stark and, style. Yeah, it was, it's, it's crazy. So Kit was supposed to be able to go zero to 60 in two seconds. <laughs> standing to a quarter mile in 4.4 seconds. Nice. It had electromagnetic hyper vacuum disc brakes with a 12 foot braking distance from 60 to zero. Of course, if you're going that fast, <laughs> gotta slow down. I love everything is like so uh, techno babble named. I love it. It's great. One of the things you often saw uh, were the cruise modes. Okay. Um, because uh, when they showed Kit talking, they would show the console with a little like audio. What is, what is that called? Waveform. The uh, audio waveform. Mm-hmm. And on either side of it was kind of what would be in your car would be like the drive reverse. But on this car, it was the cruise modes. So there was normal cruise, and that's when Michael Knight could drive it, mm-hmm. or me in this case. Uh, that's just the you know the operator piloting the car there's auto cruise uh-huh. which is what elon musk wants to exist where fully autonomous the ai is taking over kits driving it michael knight would use that to, to sleep 
Or like be in the backseat with a lady. That happened a couple times in this show. <laughs> or prepare for the mission. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a cool mode. This was like when stuff started happening. Yes. Uh, was pursuit mode. Yeah. Now pursuit mode, both of them were driving. Ooh, fun. So it was the it was the human and AI combined to, you know, make moves in a car that no regular human could make themselves. I get you. Or no car could make themselves. <laughs> It's the perfect combination of both. Yes. Human intuition and adaptive AI. So you'd see all those used. And then the next thing that was used the most was the turbo boost. Yep. And that's a, he had rockets in his undercarriage that could fire in any direction that you needed them to for the thing. Left, right, back, forward, uh, whatever. If you hit turbo boost, you'd go up in excess of 200 miles an hour. <laughs> you go flying. Uh, made that cool day, that cool sound effect. And then you could also use Turbo Boost along with the trajectory guidance system to jump over things. Awesome. I guess it pointed the rockets down, and that's how he would jump. And he could even jump from being stopped. <laughs> whatever, whatever you needed to do. That's a rocket boost, I believe it. Yeah, it's the rocket boost. And then the the other thing that was used a lot was the, oh, no, two other things that were used a lot was surveillance mode. Surveillance mode is the thing where, you know, they kind of zoom in on the nose of Kit, and it's it's showing the, it's showing the little red light going, and it goes... The anamorphic equalizer, yes. Right, yeah. So surveillance mode was basically to detect people in the proximity. It could, like, look through things, you know, whatever it needed to do. Monitor radio transmissions, hack into computers, whatever needed to happen. But then he also had the electronic jamming system. And the electronic jamming system had three components. The electromagnetic field generator, the electronic field disruptor, and the microwave ignition sensor. Ooh. And basically, this allowed Kit to pretty much do anything. <laughs> Diffuse, <laughs> activate, and... Yes, he could, he, he could take control of electronic machines, like slot machines, nice. break electronic locks, scramble security cameras, get money at ATMs. Uh, you could disable uh, the the engine and activate the brakes of a fleeing vehicle. You could magnetize and manipulate non-electronic objects such Holy as combination locks and to create poltergeist activities. Holy crap! To frighten people. Oh, it's just yeah. Whatever he needed to do, Kit could do it. And if he doesn't know how to do it, he can learn how to do it. Yes. Yeah, he'll learn how to do it. I hope that a standard. If you get Kit, I hope the standard is the wristwatch. That which the looks like the old '80s calculator wristwatch. Oh yeah, the Ocasio. Um, but it doesn't have it. But it's different because it's specially made to talk to Kit on. That's the thing he would. He'd be like, Kit, Kit, I need your help. <laughs> and then Kit would come blasting through the thing. There you go. Kit was totally indestructible, pretty much. I think the only weak point he had was that the eye scanner eye in the front, mm-hmm. and we find that out because it, well, on of one episode, uh, the prototype car gets out. Oh yeah. The night automated roving robot, it's evil Kit. And the only way to take him out is to shoot him with the laser, which Kit has, in right in the uh, the scanning Cylon eye. Of course there's an evil Kit. <laughs> way to go, 80s. But he totally has, like, it, like, everything's named. He has the a molecular bonded shell with trihelical plastisteel. <laughs> and he has pyroclastic lamination. That makes him both fireproof. That fireproof. Yes. <laughs> It's 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 great. He has the voice synthesizer. He can make the sounds of anything, sound like anybody, animals and stuff. Let's see. Let's go down the little bullet list here. He has the edemonic equalizer that allows Kit to hear. Those are his ears. <laughs> he has an olfactory sensor which allows Kit to smell. Ah, that's that's got to be taken out. He has micro scanners, uh, which are tiny audio and visual sensors embedded all over Kit's body, <laughs> oh, in the grooves. So he can see all around him, track all around him. Uh, he has police lights and sirens. As actually, the headlights can change colors nice. and, and become like police lights. Um, he has a silent mode where he can dampen the sound of his engine and run silently. Invisible. Um, he has a grappling hook and a winch. Of He's course. got a parachute, <laughs> uh, oil slick and smoke release, of course. Standard. Um, he has a flamethrower. Oh, um, that's cool. He can release tear gas and there's an alternate to smoke. He has. He can launch flares, so heat-seeking missiles like like a, like they do with like aircraft and helicopters. <laughs> he has high traction drop downs where he can lift up his <laughs> he can lift up his suspension for off-road driving. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, <laughs> that's some Inspector Gadget stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like Go Go Gadget. Uh, he has traction spikes, a telephone comm link, 
uh, infrared tracking scope. Uh, he has a bomb sniffer, a medical scanner, deflatable, inflatable tires. He has a fuel processor, which is pretty much like the Mr. Fusion. You can pretty much put anything in him and he'll run. Oh, that was going to be uh, my joke. I was like, yeah. spoiler alert, it, he only gets like three miles to the gallon. No, he's <laughs> supposed to get 100 miles to the gallon. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> Self-tinting windows. He has a voice stress analyzer, which is uh, basically a lie detector. Uh, <laughs> that means you can your car can be your yeah. therapist. Yeah, he, he can open the doors and all by himself, of course. Uh, it does. It has not just one ejector seat, it has two, which Michael Knight would use the other one to get to the top of things. Uh, it yep. could boost him up there. <laughs> He's got video display monitors that you can actually play games on. That There's a scene where Michael Knight has an Atari controller in his hand uh, yeah. and he's playing a video game. Isn't it, isn't on it while there. he's driving? Or yes, it's while he's driving. Uh, it has a computer. It has a printer on it, like a computer printer in him. He has a chemical analyzer, a CO2 sprayer so he can put out the fire he made with the flamethrowers. He can put extra oxygen in the cabin. Was good if you have a hangover, I guess. Uh, he's got a ski mode. He's got an aquatic mode. <laughs> he's got sleep gas. And and later on in the season four, uh, they had a convertible roof. You can put the top down. Even better. Mm-hmm. That's kind of funny that that's a late thought, like a late edition. It's like, oh, yeah, I might want to make it a convertible. And uh, Kit's total production cost was estimated in the show. Yes. At $12 million. Ah, easy peasy. In 1982. I don't, that would probably be something like seventy something million dollars today. Yeah, I think I'd put it. I'd put it in the hundreds. Yep. So, um, yeah. But I but, hope I hope it comes with the uh, wristwatch thing, <laughs> and I don't know if it'll come with the the cool semi van with Bonnie in it to take care of Kit. That does seem like it's a necessary thing yeah. because that's a lot of upkeep. Because what that. There isn't anything that car can't do. No, it can't do it. There's nothing it can can't do. Unless there's a laser pointed at its a uh, yeah an anamorphic equalizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so funny. It's such it's such a fantasy thing. Uh, yeah, there's nothing kit can it can do everything for you. That's awesome. That's hard to beat. The show's great. It's it's basically a it's a buddy cop show where one of the cops is the car. <laughs> That's awesome. Sorry, I I laughed because the, they tried to do that in the '90s with Jack Black and Owen Wilson. They oh made, yeah, they made a show called Heat Vision and Jack, where it's Owen Wilson and a motorcycle, and Jack Black is the voice of the motorcycle. Oh, okay. But it never took off. But That's, yeah, it, it has to be the eighties. There, there's something, there's something wonderfully charming about the, a show like that if you can put your head in the eighties mindset. Absolutely, with a car that cool, it makes it but, easier. Yeah, it's like Kit, what's the car going to do this week? Kit's one of the coolest cars ever. <laughs> and the, just the fact that he can like keep you company and stuff. And the funniest thing, if anyone has Netflix, which most people do, go back and watch some of it because some of the funniest thing is when he puts on his like computer screen, mm-hmm. the high tech graphics of the time. Oh yeah, it looks like an Atari. Yeah, and everyone was sitting there being like, "Oh, that's awesome!" But you just sit and laugh your butt off because it's like literally she's like tracking some criminal through a building mm-hmm. and it like looks like those uh, those Atari games with the little just you know the little bloom, 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 people eight, yeah eight pick, eight pixel little yeah. blobs it reminded me of that do you remember that old like western shootout game from the early 80s i think it was just called shootout yeah yeah <laughs> or like pitfall the little jungle guy yeah ding, 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 it wasn't ding. even as good as pitfall i don't think but <laughs> it was like that though for sure That's it's awesome. very funny yeah, cutting edge at the time yeah that's the only drawback. It has all that stuff, but the computer tech in there. It's like, Kit, you're an AI. Why can't you do better on your screen? Maybe you can upgrade him. I don't know. You, he's an adaptive AI. So all That's you have to true. do is like plug in a USB with like the most modern computer game and be yeah. like, here's your graphics update. It's a, the funniest thing about, about Kit is that a lot of things that he can do, mm-hmm. which at the time was amazing, like our cars can do now. That's crazy. And some Teslas can do now. <laughs> it's kind of neat. But you'd have the ultimate model of it. Well, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And surprise, it's out in the parking lot right yeah. now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you can. You, yeah, it's, it's great. But you even had like a, like a version of Spotify on there. <laughs> or just have Kit do that voice modulation thing and play music and sing it for you. Like, <laughs> don't even have to pay Spotify anything. Be like, Kit, sing me that song. Maybe like, that's what he was doing. I don't know, because he, w- he could play anything that... Michael Knight wanted to hear. You said he could play any any sound and, yeah. replic- and m- mimic anything. Yeah. So. Maybe that's what he was doing. Hey, we there you go. Didn't know. So many possibilities. Yeah. 
So that is our garage. We've built our garage. I, I know I'm biased, but I think our garages are pretty cool. I think they're super cool. So Mikey's garage has the party van from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in it. Yep. It has the Batmobile from the Tim Burton era. And it has the James Bond iconic car. I, I didn't even know that that is used across many of the movies. Yeah, it's been in about 12 of them. Wow. How many are there? Uh, 23 or 4 now. Wow. Craig's been in five by himself. Wow. Uh, five alone. So. Cool. All right. And then in mine. And in yours, we got uh, Ghostbusters Ecto-1. Awesome. Iconic. The DeLorean from Back to the Future, which is part of our historical archives. <laughs> and Kit, the coolest car of all cars that yeah. we just learned about. Yeah, it's great. I like how like our last two that we picked, we could drive around in and no one would notice. Inconspicuous. Yeah. This our daily drivers. And they're like the most dangerous and deadly of any of them. No, in my luck, I'd like turn and elbow a button and something would go off and be like, oh, all, sorry. All, the, all kinds of shenanigans. I, <laughs> I believe Kit also has that flip over license plate too. So we could do all kinds of stuff. Oh, we'll get up to some wacky shenanigans. <laughs> go, uh, go, go get Kit to pull us some ATMs. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I said it out loud. Uh, we, he would admonish us though. We'd have to have car to do that. But then we can be like, Kit, can't you hear how stressed my voice is? Let's go. <laughs> Uh, so we want to know what you guys have in your garage. Yes. Not your real garage. We want to hear what's in your fantasy garage. Your build a garage. Yeah. Let us know. You can hit us up on all our social medias at Assuming Pod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also send us a Gmail, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Dot com. Every week I say, hey, Mikey, how do you want them to format the Gmail where they tell us what's in their garage? Do a speech to text while you're in your car. Ah. Yeah. Something that Kit would have done in the 80s that everyone would have been like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, we can do that now. So yeah. do that. Compose an email from your car and send it our way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> We want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe and like and share and let everyone know about our plucky little podcast. We also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing, Not Scott Productions for our equipment, and Jazzar for our music. Hey, Kit, play that outro music. <laughs>